of Southern California. Every four years as presidential candidates roam across the snow-covered fields of Iowa, we all get to hear about the pros and cons of spending billions of taxpayer dollars subsidizing ethanol production. Well, come Sunday, that debate is over for good. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace. Marketplace is supported by BNSF Railway. For more than 160 years, moving the economy by bringing goods to you and products to global markets. From the Frank Stanton Studios in Los Angeles, I'm Jeremy Hobson in for Kai Rizdal. Thanks for joining us on this Thursday. It is the 29th of December, 2011, a year in which Congress didn't accomplish a whole lot. And it's one of the things lawmakers didn't do that's about to affect a powerful industry come Sunday. Congress chose not to extend a subsidy that encourages the production of ethanol. For decades, producers have received what's called a blender's tax credit. For every gallon of ethanol they make, they're eligible for a 45-cent tax credit. Well, in three days, that subsidy is history, as Marketplace's David Gura reports from Washington. The government's been at this for a while now. Chris Knittle teaches energy economics at MIT. We've been subsidizing ethanol since at least 1978. What's Texaco doing in a field of corn? Not growing it. Texaco's making gasohol. It's a mixture of 90% Texaco unleaded gasoline and 10% ethanol made from renewable crops like corn. Back then, biofuels were the stuff of the future, another key to energy independence. But there were obstacles. Dermot Hayes is an economics professor at Iowa State. Companies had to invest in new facilities to make ethanol. It didn't make economic sense to build those kind of plants. That's because for a while, ethanol and gasoline were both pretty cheap. The blender's tax credit tipped the scales, and Hay says it's kept them tipped, encouraging the ethanol industry to grow over the last three decades. Given that the industry has been built, the industry can survive without the subsidy. Especially since the government mandates companies make a certain amount of ethanol every year. That's an issue Republican presidential candidates are arguing about. At the end of 2011, the blender's tax credit will expire, and MIT's Chris Knittle says that's no small thing. $7 billion a year funneling from taxpayers to ethanol producers and corn farmers. So it's, it's not chump change. What does it mean for consumers? The demand for corn and the price of corn is probably going to stay high. The U.S. will produce ethanol with or without the subsidy. We'd only see demand change if the price of oil dropped dramatically. In Washington, I'm David Gura for Marketplace. Now, there was one subsidy that Congress did extend last week, the one that goes into all of our paychecks. I'm talking, of course, about the payroll tax cut. After a long and tense back and forth, House Republicans finally agreed to extend the cut as part of a package that also extends long-term unemployment benefits for the next two months. Which brings us to a segment we call Attitude Check. And the latest poll numbers suggest margin of error. There is somewhat of a disconnect. It's conventional wisdom. Our survey said. Frank Newport from the polling firm Gallup is with us now to talk about the winners and losers from the payroll tax debate. Hi, Frank. Hello. So how do people uh, feel about this end of the year showdown in Washington? 
Well, it can't do much more harm to their image of Congress in general, which on 10 different measures was at record lows this past Mm. year. Um, But uh, clearly, Americans probably are happier that the two-month extension was passed than had it not and had the payroll tax cut and the unemployment benefits disappeared on January 1st. And is there a difference in people's mind between Republicans and Democrats on that front? This week, we went into the field and asked Americans, who do you have more confidence in when it comes to the negotiations over uh, payroll tax cuts and unemployment benefits? 41% say they would have more confidence in the Dems to handle it, and 34% Republicans, although a quarter of Americans say they don't have confidence in any of the above and, and are withholding judgment. Now, it does seem like every time President Obama gets some good political news, it bumps up his numbers for a little bit, and then they come right back down again. Is that going to happen this time, do you think, or is this going to last for longer? Ah, it's already happened. Classic rally effect. You know, Obama's ratings did jump up in our Gallup poll uh, just right around Christmas. Obama's job approval rating went up to 47 percent. That's the highest reading we have had since last summer. But his ratings have already come back down, and now they're back in the lower 40s about Ah. where they were. Okay, well, I don't think many politicians in Washington are going to make it onto your most admired men and women 